friends, and welcome once again to Pod Be With You, your favorite podcast. This is Paige, and I'm coming at you from the Congregational Church of Batavia. Though literally from the First Congregational Church of Batavia, where we are, but... You spend more of your time there. I yeah. spend more of my time here. I'm Aaron from the First Congregational Church of Dundee, and we are back after a couple weeks away. Yeah, because of time. A wonderful, nice. really wonderful. Um, just very low key. Took that. I worked that week between, but uh, it such as it is. But really toned it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was really nice. Uh, it's had a... some fires in the fireplace oh. and watched some British procedurals and just kind of hung out. It was just nice. leaned into it. Yeah, yeah. But if anybody has a caricature that they think of as Paige. <laughs> that's it. That's just, you, she became even more so that week between. <laughs> yep. Were there slippers involved? Yeah, there were the, slippers involved. And puppers. And like, puppies. And sweet puppies. A little bit of red wine and cheese. Yeah, hey, all of those good things. Could do worse. Yeah. And how was yours? You it took was some lovely. time off. Yeah, it was a kind of a whirlwind trip up to yeah. see my folks. My sister came up too. Then we came back oh, and nice. we had family in from Ireland for a week, which you hadn't seen in a while. And so every day has been very full. Yeah. But very, very good. But very, very full. full. Yeah. Um, so I am actually looking forward now to getting away. This relates to us being off next week as well. Sorry, everybody. Uh, but we'll be off next week because I will be at a clergy conference in Florida. Um, don't cry for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's random. They just held it in Florida again. Go figure. Year. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> But I, I decided it's probably fine. We'll go yeah, it'll yeah. be all right. But um, really looking forward to that collegiality, that rest, that time away. That also means I'm not preaching this week. So right. um, Dwayne Lottie, who is um, in the process of being ordained, he's completed his education and working with the um, Committee on Ministry and in that process. He was also our field ed student and pastoral yeah, intern last, last year. year, right? So it's going to be a little bit of a reunion for a lot of folks who haven't seen him in months and months. Oh, and yeah, so I would imagine. He'll be back preaching and presiding nice. this week, and he's going to be preaching on the Baptism of Christ, which is one of the traditional second Sunday of the year yep. passages. Baptism Baptism of Christ Sunday. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'm preaching this week on Epiphany because that is mm-hmm. falling Very tomorrow? close. Yes. Tomorrow. Yes. Um, tomorrow is uh, uh, technically Epiphany, but we're preaching. But I'm winding Who goes to in... church on a Friday? So Who goes to... Yeah. yeah. Catholics. And, Catholics and you know. Episcopalians. Yeah. Um, but I'm winding in a little bit of baptism of Christ, I think, if I can, because we have a baptism. And uh, it's nice to kind of bring those things together in a way that's meaningful. Um, and so that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, I love how, I, I mean, granted, I know that it wasn't technically the start of a new liturgical year. That's Advent and the rest. But it, every year seems to queue up some of these new beginning, foundational, yeah. begin at the beginning kind of passages. I don't know. Last week I preached on the prologue to the Gospel of John, yeah. another of those in the beginning foundational truths. Things. And you know what? And baptism feels good and right in that same way. Exactly. It's something of a back to basics, mm-hmm. something of a here's where someone's journey starts. Yeah. You know, that there's, there's some things that are really lovely about it. At the beginning of a year and faith formation and the commitment of community mm-hmm. and the gratitude and blessing and everything that's tied up in it, no better place to start, right? Uh, yeah. And I think it I think it ties in so nicely because, of course, preaching Epiphany this year, um, we get the story of the Magi out of Matthew, Matthew yes. 2. And that's about journey too. And so I see the ways in which I am going to be able to talk about that journey that 
that we begin in our baptism and continue the journey of the Magi, the journey of a new year. Um, and that's part of my sermon title even, uh, which means I'm roped in now. I can't really change my mind. Um, but I I'll think, do my best but... to confirm your existing biases <laughs> yeah, the way I always do. Exactly. But I think, uh, I think those things really tie together beautifully. Um, and, uh, and we're going to be able to have a really wonderful celebration of new year, new life, new journey, all of that 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 comes together like you said um at the beginning at the beginning of the of the year yeah uh, there's so much thematic overlap the journey the commitment the mm-hmm. curiosity the courage the uh honoring a child the yeah. uh, navigating a uh, a brutal and dangerous world yeah uh committing ourselves to what is best yeah. you know that 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 eternal epiphany question, what will we let lead us? Yes. Right? And yes. in the same way when we put a, a child, for many, it's not exclusively, but often we have infant and child baptisms mm-hmm. right at our churches. And putting a child at the center of our common life for a moment yeah. is a healthy dose of perspective. It really is. For, for many. Um, in that we are bending our lives around this child and making room in a way that these magi shaped their life around discovering who this child may be and worshiping him. So um, let's go to that because you've got two. You've got Isaiah and you've got some Matthew. And baptism, listen, don't gloss over it. It's amazing. I also think it's something we've talked about before. And and we kind of get it, I I think, in many different ways in as much as you can ever get. In as much as anybody can really grasp. Yeah, yeah. But we, we get what we're attempting with yeah. that. So let's lean into one of the strangest stories. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. I mean, in a minute. I know we got Isaiah first, but it, that's that story of the Magi. We're about to ruin all of it, right? Oh, yeah. The we three kings of Orient are. They weren't kings. There weren't three. They weren't from the Orient. They yep. weren't, right? But other than that. Other than that, it's, We yeah. probably know what's going on. Yeah. Um, exactly. I think that that'll be perfect. And, you know, yesterday I, I had my Bible study that I, I have Wednesday mornings. Um, and And I was reminded again of how weirdly mysterious this story really is mm-hmm. it is so because they, they had all of these questions <sighs> what's up with that you know <laughs> i was i wasn't prepared for I, that yeah and the answer is we don't know you we let don't them know. ask questions and yeah i know i shouldn't do that i'm gonna change That's that as we come into amateur this year. hour i know it's a rookie um, mistake but a lot of it is we don't know we don't know we don't know now yeah. there is a whole Cottage industry, <laughs> yes, yes of of creating backstory for these characters, but we really have no idea. Um, so anyway, let's just because. Well, no, let me rephrase that. I want to start with Isaiah sixty mm-hmm. because that is one of those classic Epiphany readings, mm-hmm. right? It it is it is it is there every year. We come back to it again and again. Plus, it's beautiful. It's delightful. It's encouraging, and it's just good to hear. It is, but it also Timelessly comforting, inspiring, yeah. hopeful. Yeah. Hopeful it is. But it also ties directly into what Matthew's trying to do in telling the story of the Magi. So I want to start here and then we can go into the story of the of the mages. I'll allow it. All right. Uh, Isaiah 61 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light is come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the people's But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to your brightness of dawn. 
Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from far away, and your daughter shall be carried on their nurse's arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. Hmm. And here's where the tie-in happens. The multitude of camels shall cover you, the camels of Midian and Ephah. And those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. So Isaiah, being Isaiah, is uh, is prophesying in a time of darkness, mm. right? Uh, this is this is Jerusalem is still not been fully restored. Her people have not been fully returned. Mm. There is this. This is a. This is. I almost said a psalm again because it reads like a psalm. Oh, absolutely. Um, it has that that lyrical poetic. Um, well, of course, anybody who's ever sung Handel's Messiah finds it hard not to sing along. Oh, yeah, I mean, right. Verbatim, that passage is given, yep. you know, it, its own aria. Yeah, oh, uh, absolutely. And, and, and a remarkable one. And, yeah. and that language of radiance yeah. is so evocative. It um, is. And, of course, picked up many different places in Scripture. But oh, that yeah, contrast over and over and over again. Living in darkness and the heaviness and the oppression and the hopelessness and the weariness and the promise of glory radiance not just that god would shine on you but because god was shining on you your radiance would light up the world and the nations and all their goodness will stream to you you will be a vision for yeah. the world what a promise it's 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 so amazing and and um you you come back to this over and over again um and i'd like to point it out a, a, again too that the time in which humanity has been able to have light mm. whenever they want it is tiny. A blink, it is Yes, speaking. it's minuscule. And so I can only begin to imagine what this language and the language of light as it's found in other places in the scripture meant to a people whose lives depended on being able to light a fire. Um, but the sun would go down and that's it, Some, right? Uh, for the vast majority of human history, right. we know this, but it's, like you said, uh, light came from two places, either the sky or something was on fire. Yep. That's it. Yep. Those right. are your only options. And so light as a biblical metaphor yeah. was either, you know, the light you made, gathered fuel and worked for, tended, protected, fed, right? All, mm -hmm. Or... Which, of course, is a wonderful metaphor for spiritual, for, for the inner working, the workings of your inner life, right. right? Keeping your light alive. It's not flicking off a switch, turning off a switch. It's not, it is, it's not even, you know, flicking on a candle, lighting a match. It is the hard work of gathering what you, it's a long time. You have to gather fuel. You have to tend it. You have to put it together in the right way. Then you have to pay attention to it. Things come and put it out. Yeah. Um, you know, anyway, it's a much better metaphor. Or it was free light rain down from the heavens in a godlike way. Yeah. Right. Or it was just all that stuff you can't control and you were at the mercy of it. And it was glorious. But when it was gone, it was gone. It was gone. Yep. But when it was there, it was life-giving by definition yeah. right so i'm sorry a little tangent but you're right anytime we hear about light it's hard for us to unlearn what we know we're living at the brightest time yeah. in, in human history we have many of us all the light that we need we talk more about light pollution i know i just heard this about 
this great thing on NPR about the fact that that most of the telescopes, uh, the big telescopes that are used around the world, um, uh, are suffering from light pollution and can't actually function at their highest quality because all of the light that I mean, I was even just though blo- we put them at the top of mountains on exactly. deserted it islands in the matter. middle of the rainforest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep. Uh, anyway, that was fascinating. So, yeah, we are living in, in this time where light is plentiful and available for most of us, and heat, and the ability to cook, and all of those things that go with it. Um, and uh, I think that sometimes we kind of forget uh, what this language really meant. Because hmm. um, we haven't had to live with it in the way it. that yeah. they did, right? But, but also, you know, this is... Uh, for them who lived in a land of deep, deep darkness, on them light has shined, yeah. right? There is... Um, there is truly, I think, not. this isn't just euphemistic, I really think there is an intentional enlightenment aspect to this. Absolutely. Right? The yeah. difference between um, living at a time that was dull and, and, and well, and dark, and, you know, I know these words are laden these days, but you know what I mean? That, that there is um, that contrast between life coming alive and being enlightened. Yeah. And, I mean, that... Just to put a fine point on it, this is epiphany language. It is. It is absolutely epiphany language, and I love it. Uh, it's it's wonderful language, um, and uh, very evocative and important. And so that takes us then to the the story of the Magi um, in Matthew two, one through twelve. Yes. Um, and I'm probably not going to read that whole thing. Um, uh, here, yeah. here, I, I will on Sunday. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Be warned. Be warned. Um, we know the story. We we think we know more about it than we actually do. Sure. Um, but we can talk about that a little bit too, because I think we we have this story about this star rising and these wise men is the way that it's translated in in most of our English translations. But even that isn't really accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, magi is a weird word. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of means magician. It kind of leans into astrologers. Um, Some sort of shamanistic yeah, overtones. Yeah. Right? Something almost priestly about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 um, it was well, a category we in the 21st century American West, like that we don't have. No. In the same way. No. Right? We don't have Magi as a role in the same way. No. Um, oh, we should, though. That would be fascinating. Oh, that's next year. Yeah, next year in Jerusalem. Um, oh, but but truly, um, one of the, in some ways, truly foreign, right? Their, their otherness is part of what's being emphasized here, Exactly. Right? But in some ways, let's not discount the extent to which the ancient world actually had probably more exchange and was more diverse than sometimes we give it credit for right. or think that it has. Right. right? Um, there were, in, you know, there was a great exchange of cultures and yep. peoples and idea. And, I mean, there's no more proof that, that we need than um, how much of the Old Testament is devoted to navigating that. Exactly. Oh, right. And our relationship with the other. Yeah. You wouldn't have huge portions of it devoted to it if it wasn't, an issue, right. right? If it never came up, but as it was, it was a constant challenge to know how to best relate to all the other yeah. that were out there and their gods and their ways and their people and um, I just it's it is fascinating. I guess it's just to say that that what can feel like a very contemporary challenge of working to navigate difference in a world full of diversity that is coming together with lots of different intersectionalities and 
it, it's not it's not really that new. No. That that world was like that in that way too, right? Oh, absolutely. So this idea that they would be able to that they would see that, that they would do this, that they would uh, come and visit the local king first. Yes, right. That to, that in and yeah. of itself is is indicative of the of the overlap and the the, the communication. And what uh, amazes me too is the fact that they are able to quote to this local king Jewish scripture. Mm-hmm. They're actually when um, they they. Uh, Verse 5, they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for sure it has been written by the prophet. And they're quoting Micah here. Mm. Uh, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. From you shall come a ruler who is a shepherd of my people. This is not Herod quoting this. This is these guys from wherever mm-hmm. um, that are aware of this of this Jewish scripture, this Hebrew tradition. And when we say wherever, we do mean wherever. Yeah. We, we're not, <laughs> we, we, we're, we don't know. We Add don't it to know. the list of don't know. Yeah. I, I think generally east, but there's a lot east. There's a lot that's east. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Of course, again, there is a, there's this whole backstory. Developed tradition. I, that has it, developed yeah. over time about they, they have three wise men that each have names. They come from very specific places. Mm-hmm. Um, to represent. The, the ends of the earth. The ends coming, of the earth right? coming. So there's some from Africa, some from the yep. from Asia, some from Europe. Do yep. I have that right? I think yeah. you're right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, rep- again, representing the known, the known world. world such as yeah. it is and the nations. There, as you prefaced earlier, um, uh, evoking Isaiah where the nations stream to stream the to, brightness yep, exactly. of thy rising. Yep. Right? And uh, again... I am amazed at our gospel writers, mm. right? And Matthew's ability to weave that story into this story and have them come together. It's such a beautiful tapestry. Um, uh, it, it just blows me away that they were able to do this kind of writing without computers. I know that <laughs> I sit down to write a sermon and I will take a sentence and go back and change it six times. You know, these these guys were telling the story orally and then writing it down on parchment. And it, once it was there, it was there. Mm. Um, so it's just it's just brilliant writing. So I, I have these moments where I'm like, gosh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> a different set of skills from a different time. From a different they time. They needed to, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But again, let's not be patronizing to right. our ancient you know, forefathers and right. mothers in faith. They are often far more sophisticated mm-hmm. than, again, we've been thought to give them credit yeah. for, right? Yeah, it's really amazing stuff. Um, so yeah, so we, we we get these these magi coming from the east. Um, they see a star rising. They come to visit Herod. Herod, of course, lies to their faces um, with this. Oh, that tracks. yeah, yeah. Um, we had a we had a really wonderful conversation about this phrase in verse three uh, in Bible study. Um, when King Herod heard this uh, about the star rising and the the, the wise men coming, um, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. And so the question came up, why was Jerusalem frightened? I don't think it was because there was word that Messiah was being born. It's because the unstable leader was frightened. And what's going to happen in the chapters after this is horrifying. It is. And that's why Jerusalem was frightened. Yes. Not... Not because the the prophecy might be coming true in some way or anything like that. That's good news. Herod is terrifying. Yes. 
and volatile and yep. unpredictable and vengeful and violent and a lot of awful things. Yeah, Histor- I mean historically we have we have That's true. Uh, yeah. Outside sources of sources outside the Bible. Outside yeah. of the the Bible uh all say this was not a good guy. Uniquely bad dude. Yeah, uniquely bad dude. <laughs> uh, in well, in a time where a lot of there was a lot of brutality. Yeah. This isn't to say that other times were not brutal or that this time is not brutal, but um, that in in a very brutal time, he, even in that he stood, stood out. out. Yeah, as um, yeah, and and it seems to be also petty, childish, easily spooked. Yeah, uh, you know these kind of things. Not yeah. just strong man, but almost that kind of wannabe strong man. Well, he was. He was. Right? He was kind Clueless of like this and, puppet. Yep. Puppet king that was working really only because Rome allowed him to, and kind of under the Roman thumb, and it, yeah, it's just it's just this petty ridiculousness and ab- abusive. Let's just put it there. Oh yeah, abusive of that power. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Was, yeah. Terribly. Uh, um, not the same Herod. We should say there's multiple Herods. Oh yes. It's not the same Herod um, that was king at the time of Jesus' crucifixion. Right. Right. That was his son. Son. I, say. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Again, everybody's got the internet. They can just look that up and prove us wrong. But it was that Herod, uh, who is seen as more aloof, bemused, kind of, and not necessarily as violent and vengeful as As his his father, as the one that came before him. Well, as it is, here we have, the nations come to the brightness of thy rising. Mm -hmm. And so what, where do you go with Epiphany? These days, I mean, that's always the question because all of these stories easily lend themselves to looking at and wondering at and celebrating what happened once. Right. And then it's so easy to leave it there. It's so hard to drag that into. So when I get up and go to work tomorrow, Monday, what does any of that have to do with me? Exactly. Exactly. And the thing that's that's striking me, I think, um, this time around, of course, so every time I come up against this story or any of the stories that are part of the lectionary cycle or part of the church year, something different inevitable kind of strikes me. And the thing that struck me this time around is the very end. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left their own country by another road and the courage that that took to be led, to continue to be led um, by the light um, and to have it take them off the beaten track into places that are dangerous mm. um, because that's dangerous to not yeah, go back to Herod. The main safe route there. Yeah. Which means if you're, you're taking a different path home, you're going, you're going the, the way that's yeah. yeah. And you're blowing off this dangerous dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that, that all of that is, is kind of coming together. Not that getting up and going to work every single day is a dangerous thing no. <laughs> or anything like that, but that we are called to the to the lesser known way, to the, the path less taken, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that we are still called to do that. Mm. And um, and we're inspired to do that. And I think part of what I want to talk about too on Sunday, um, there was a great devotional uh, that came through the UCC this week. Um, and um, I forget who wrote it. I'll have to look it up so that I'm not plagiarizing 
directly. Sure. But um, this person was writing and saying, at the beginning of the new year, we talk all of this stuff about the light. Shine, shine, shine. Everybody has to shine. Arise, you know, shine. Arise, your shine. Light your come. light has yeah. come. You know, go out. It, yet we have resolutions. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to take the world by storm. We get our star word for we, the year. We get, and we're doing that on Sunday, I right? Right. Yeah. And, and this person was writing to say, take a little bit of the pressure off because it's not just our light. We are reflecting the divine light, mm. and that is going to shine. And that, I think, that comes through in the in the in the story of Isaiah, mm. uh, the passage there, like you were saying, this light will enlighten you, and that will enlighten the world. Right? There's this there's this this very clear understanding that we are empowered and enlightened and um, reflective of the divine, and that it doesn't all depend on us. What reflecting light? is very different than being relied upon to produce your own life. Exactly, right? yes. And, and it, again, we could get way in the weeds with the metaphor, but I do think it's a very helpful distinction, Yeah. right? And and there is sort of a, a, a weight to it, but there's also a remarkable hubris to it, this sense of we have to do it all ourselves. We right. create it all ourselves. We are the ones who make it happen, which can really feed into some very dangerous illusions yeah that many of us carry around with us. Illusions about being in control. Illusions <laughs> about it being all about us. Illusions about, right? Not, yeah. I mean, not that any of us would ever. Oh, no, no. Right. But even that this next year is ours to make. Yeah. Um, and it's, you're, you're, you're in kind of tricky territory there. Because yeah. yes, you are empowered. You need to be active. Yes, it, yes. You, we, we have to, mm-hmm. we are called to, an active faith. Do justice. Love kindly. Walk mm-hmm. humbly with your God. It's not sit back and wait for stuff to happen. Exactly. But th- there are very clear limits to what we can do and what we can control and what we're responsible for producing, and that and and most of those limits are a lot closer than we think. Yeah. It can also feed into that very dangerous mentality. That we are only as valuable as what we produce, yes. right? And I think I think that go was make the, your light shine because without it, you're what nothing. good are you? Yeah, right. If Ooh. you if you can't if you can't go out there every day and shine in a way that is yeah. exceptional, then and that's what, so then American a, too, right? I mean that that just ties into that sort of like inherited Calvinistic. Um, American exceptionalism. Everybody is their unique, precious star, and and we are. And yeah. I, I think the Bible supports that. We're made in the divine image. We have light within us. Um, all of this is true. It, this is tricky ground, and I like tricky ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that classic, in some ways, it's that classic fight in Protestantism that we come up against over and over and over again between grace and works, mm. uh, right? And you are the light of the world. Yeah. And it's not all on you. Exactly. And it's... at the same, right, you are a, a one-off, made in the image of God, yeah. mir- miracle, and settle down about yourself. So, yeah, exactly. Somehow, all of, it's, a, it's the language of and, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And it is the it is the it is the language of our scripture, right? This this we are a little lower than the angels in the words of the Psalms, and also in the words of the Psalms, we are dirt. Yeah, we're dust. We're worms and no man, right? Yeah. And so it it it's this it's this this balance, and that's what I'm seeing this epiphany. Mm. Um, 
this sort of trying to find that balance and in the midst of that, the encouragement for the journey, because journey is central to, I think, what we're talking about during Epiphany and baptism, right? That that we continue on doing, doing this thing. We follow in the footsteps of Christ. We follow the light that is on our life and in our world. Um, and we and go together. Som- and then sometimes it changes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Some, sometimes you have a plan. And then, you know, they followed the star, followed the star, made the plan, yep. worked the plan, did the, followed through in their commitments. And then one dream later, they went, nope, nope, time that's, to, yep. got to go different. Got to yep. switch it. Got to switch it up. And I think that's good, too, because this is also the time of year that a lot of churches are doing their budget planning. Mm. <laughs> right. And I think it's good to bear in mind for all. And uh, someone reminded our vice moderator reminded me of this when we had our finance meeting last week. He said, yeah. Budget is a plan. It's not a. It's not a uh, ironclad. This is what's going to happen in the mm. year. It's our kind of idea about how things are going to go and what's going to be important to us. But we don't really know until we get there. Yeah. And that's such a great reminder too that it is we you know we we have these ideas about what we're going to do and how it's going to be and what's important and that can change in the blink of an eye. I mean that's a New Year's message. Oh about yeah, plans right? Yeah, absolutely. I, listen, budgets are very important. It, it's mm-hmm. a very important tool for it's a, and it's for a prioritizing discipline a discipline and practice, yep. and it is part of a faithful. Mm-hmm. It's the household economics. I, I'm not disparaging it in oh, any way. No. When I also say that I also find them mildly absurd and hilarious. Exactly. When they're yeah. when they are taken too seriously yeah. in terms of, well, we put it on the spreadsheet. Therefore, the universe must bend to this this year, right? <laughs> exactly. Because it exists, right? Yeah. But that I mean, we know this. I, I'm not saying people don't know this, but um, I, I think many of us that that idea of planning and projecting, and then to what ex- you know. To what extent does that actually, what we had planned on a year ago when we knew nothing, um, how committed are we to that? Or can we let ourselves change based on what is now needed, right? I've got uh, someone I know right now, it's at at the last month was at the end of Q4, and he's has these accounts that he's trying to, uh, shore up and to close out the, and, and he's got this gap of millions of dollars that didn't come to fruition in terms of sales to this account. And, and it's this weird mix of, well, I'm, you know, I'm $4 million short of a number that someone threw out a year ago (laughs) when they had no idea what they were talking about. But all of a sudden that becomes the real, the benchmark by which we measure success or failure. And they're like, when they threw out that number, they had no idea all these things were true. And that's what affected where we're at. Exactly. But how many of us are held to account by what, no pun intended, but like, but our quote unquote success and failure can be measured by what seem like, you know, arbitrary, even ignorant projections of other people, yeah. right? Planning can be a really harmful thing, depending on how we use it as a tool. Yes. So part of it is planning you know, there's on on some level ambition at the beginning of a new year is a really good thing. It is. It's beautiful. It's a, it's it's dreaming. Mm-hmm. It's hoping. It's vision. It's, right. It's vision. It's courage. It's building off of. It's claiming who we want to be. It is. It's all that stuff we want. And and at the same time, you know, planning is 
you know, let's say fickle. Yeah. We have right? to we have to remain flexible. We have to remain pliable. We have to remain open. Oh, I and think. what a spiritual discipline of yeah. knowing when when to hew to the plan that you've made because you have made a commitment. And the point is for that to keep you steady and consistent through the yep. vagaries and vacillations oh. of a year. And when do you say, listen, this plan just isn't working because life changed. Yeah. I, I, I can't... There's no one answer to any of that. Yeah. But we, I guess maybe it's just to come back around to epiphany, right? To this time of year. It, it's and. And the like enlightenment yep. and, the, and the wisdom and the inspiration and the, that old question, what do we let lead us? Yeah. And where does our light come from? And all of these really good, again, beginning of the year, but really every day kind of questions. I know. I, it, it's tough because there's like six separate sermons that I want to be able to yeah. preach on this weird little 12-verse text that is only here in Matthew, doesn't show up anywhere else. And in some ways almost seems like it was strangely inserted yeah. just so that he could manufacture a callback to Isaiah exactly. in, a, in another way that said, hey, this guy really is the Messiah. See? Exactly. Because these dudes came. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it, and there's so much here that is just worth talking about. And we didn't even touch on the fact that, you know, if you're following Matthew rather than Luke, the very first people who recognized Jesus as the Christ are these pagans from a different land, right? (laughs) They're Gentiles, they're astrologers, they're, they're pagans, and they're the ones that come streaming yeah i mean we didn't even talk about that part, yeah, which is fascinating the way that those quote unquote outside us yes. whether it's just they are other to us whether it's a, sometimes indeed very often see us more clearly than we yes, see ourselves exactly and we should be paying attention to these people yeah because they are speaking some kind of truth into our lives i'm sure you've preached that i mean that something like the the gifts of outsiders yeah exactly right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there's so much here. And yeah, um, uh, a good thing Epiphany is a season. Yes. Right. And not just a day because there's a there's a way to, to kind of loop back around because thematically the scripture will come back to a number of these wonderful things you can over, do more and, than over one and over thing and over again. With epiphany. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Sunday, Sunday morning, I'll raise a glass to you when we're at Run Rummers on the, run, run, run on the beach. I'll go. Oh, pages, Wolfanger. Uh, somewhere around 1130 Eastern. Uh, I'll be having lunch and going, oh, oh, knock them dead, Paige. Yeah, God go with you. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. As if we needed another excuse. Oh, so, oh. Uh, well, thank you for this time. Anything else for the common good? Uh, no, thank you, everybody. I hope you had great holidays and that you are recovering from them nicely. Because mm. I know that it's a busy time for so many people. It really can be. And yeah. just that the new year is good. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Thank you all for spending this time with us. And as we said, miss you next week. Back the week after. Be well in the meantime. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.